Hello and welcome to another edition of Giant Talk. Uh, I am Roger Longdon. I'm the founder of There Be Giants. Uh, we've been running Giant Talk now for crikey about, uh, uh, well, since 2019, in fact. And you know that we always like to talk about OKRs. Uh, that's that's the core to our business, in fact. And I'm really, really excited today to be talking to uh, a really good uh, guy from Microsoft, a gentleman called Ryan Loudermilk, who's joining us, who happens to be quite involved in OKRs over at Microsoft. So, Ryan, welcome to Giant Talk. Uh, the privilege in, is absolutely mine. I must confess, at the risk of embarrassing you, this is sort of a surreal moment. I am a listener, a longtime <laughs> listener of this podcast, and here I find myself. Uh, thank you for inviting me. You've 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 come through the looking glass now. <laughs> you're on the inside. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you're in Microsoft. You're involved in OKRs. Talk, talk to us a bit about you know your 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 role there. What led you to that? What you've done in the past that's 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 got you to where you are now? Then. Yeah, I think like most most OKR coaches who we're speaking to today, I found myself in this position in sort of a an odd way. So I don't think it was a linear journey. But what I do at Microsoft, I'm a cloud solution architect. So um, we have a rather large organization that is responsible for working with Microsoft partners to build solutions, ship those solutions, and then ensure that they're successful. So we at Microsoft, as you know, have always been partner-led. We will always mm -hmm. be partner-led. Um, and so what I primarily do is help our Microsoft partners build their OKR practices with obviously our software, uh, Viva Goals. And so that's where we find our focus um, as well. And then, of course, um, a, a good portion of my day job is being the OKR coach for our uh, tech team organization, which is uh, over 200 now uh, from Canada, LATAM, the US, um, which we call the Microsoft Americas. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm biased, but they are the the uh, the intelligent of the intelligent of the intelligent, uh, super super uh, tip of the spear, sharp sword. Uh, we fly on the razor's edge of the latest technology, and then our um, team of architects and strategists um, help um, accelerate that development with our partners. It's a, it's an awesome place to be inside Microsoft. Fantastic, fantastic. So, so you're working um, at the spearhead. You're leading uh, those teams in terms of their development of, of OKRs. You're supporting them in that. Um, just tell us about how long. What's the history? You know, you, uh, is Microsoft new to this? Are you all? Have you been using it for a long time? So tell us about the journey uh, that Microsoft's had around OKRs. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, if we want to go all the way back, I mean, Ally.io. Um, was a software that we purchased. I know it was in the month of November. It might have been two years ago. It might have mm -hmm. been three. I don't remember. Um, absolute leading software within regards to OKRs. Uh, we purchased that and then we rolled that into our Viva Suite um, around productivity. And so you think about that and then you think about then the journey internally at Microsoft. There are many organizations uh, now using Viva Goals for OKRs. Um, will we ever achieve like at the tippity top at Sacha's level? Um, I'm certainly, you know, that, that could be, um, something that we're looking to do. It turns out that may or may not be the sort of answer to success. It's, it's really about organizations coming together, um, and working as one Microsoft, mm -hmm. which is what Sacha holds us accountable to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that turns out to probably be uh, the most exciting portion, which is it's facilitating conversations to get folks working together 
uh, towards these really, really audacious and shared goals and then pushing ourselves to, to reach those milestones. So I think what you see now, I'm an OKR uh, champion, as we call them internally. And I, I don't know how many of us um, there are. There, there are a lot. Um, and we're all sort of in the trenches helping our yeah. individual organizations um, run OKRs. So are you seeing OKRs kind of help break through the hierarchy? Just across the hierarchy, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the ways we look at that is, you know, certainly I think we've always had vertical alignment. Um, that, that I think we've done well. But to your point, it's the horizontal alignment. And, you know, as the coach of my organization, I've taken really an organic approach. Um, you know, early on when we were probably in our for, you know second or third cycle, cycles for us are 12 weeks or basically quarters. Mm. And I, I remember some of my folks saying, Hey, like, w- when do we start like sharing KRs with each other? And like, when do we start looking left and right horizontally? Uh, and I said, if you follow the framework, it should produce this organically. And, yeah. it, and it exactly did that. You started to look at folks because um, obviously we reflect and reset at the end of every cycle. And as people were reflecting, they saw, oh, wow, you know, that person maybe didn't have the success they wanted, or I think I could have helped here. But then when we got to our next workshop, which is reset, setting those OKRs for the next 12 weeks, here you started to see it happen because we have mm-hmm. all of our folks present their next batch of OKRs and you started to see it. Hey, I think I could help you with that. Or, hey, why don't we uh, get together offline? And so you started to see, and you and I talked about this, more about just business as usual. That stuff is where you get started. But what they started to do was collect around these tra- strategic initiatives, we need to get better at this in our organization. And why don't we build some OKRs to go out and do that? And so, mm. I don't know. I'm a big proponent of the fact of allowing just a little bit of room for this to happen organically uh, versus, you know, perhaps maybe coming in and forcing. I think, by the way, both approaches can work. But for yeah. us, we we gave ourselves some time and that requires some patience. And not always do you have the time to wait for that. Yeah, it, really interesting to kind of reflect on the two different approaches, that or, organic versus, I suppose you might say, structured. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as you say, the organic, you have to have a little bit more patience with. Sometimes leadership teams mm-hmm. don't, <laughs> don't have no. that patience, and they want, no. they want to see it in within the yeah. next three months, within the next six months, or whatever. Um, but arguably... Mm, I, I think I think there's 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 some debate to be had around which approach probably has the greatest longevity, mm. um, and and one wonders whether if you're going down the organic route, is there a risk? And this is a question I suppose I'll put to you: Is there a risk that you end up with numerous different approaches, or do you find that there's still a consistent? approach? approach overall because you are working to a single framework yeah i love that question i think you do need to hold yourself to a few rules Mm. in order to to i really like to take my team hears me say this all the time low tax minimum effective dosage Mm. and so we always want okrs to be a light lift a low tax we don't want to spend all of our time working on the okrs we want to spend our time working on the OKRs, the actual work that it represents. And so we've always had that approach, a low tax and then minimum effective dosage. I give my folks all the way up um, to our CVP, they get five tokens. 
So you get one objective and you get five KRs and you can spend them <laughs> however you want. Um, but you don't get more than that. In fact, I had someone, <laughs> I had someone ping me this week and they're like, Hey, so I've got six and I, and I feel like that's okay. And I literally <laughs> distill, 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 like you only get five. And, um, and so, and that, and the, and quite frankly, there's only so much you can achieve in 12 weeks. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. it's just, it's, and so what I've seen my folks do, um, and, and again, this is something organically that happened is they start taking three KRs, you know, they're mm. like, I'm just going to take four because this is what matters most now. Mm. And if we can knock these three things out of the park or knock these four things out of the park, it will be an amazing 12 weeks. And so I think you have to have a couple of rules like that, that keep things simple. Mm. And then ultimately, um, you know, for us, our approach is I want every single team to have OKRs. We do not assign OKRs at the individual level. Um, Microsoft HR doesn't allow us, and we mm -hmm. would never do that anyway. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, and if you'll allow me to just get on a little bit of tangent, but it's relevant, uh, this question I've received a lot this month, and it is, hey, we've got, uh, imagine, if you will, like a, a, a leader who has, say, five teams underneath them. And of those five teams, they are essentially five teams of architects. Yeah. All these architects kind of have the same acumen, the same technology, a technological prowess, et cetera. And they said, hey, if all five teams are sort of working to the same objectives, why do we all have to have, why does all five teams have an individual OKR set? Fascinating question, right? Now, ultimately, that question, I presuppose, might be like, hey, I don't want to have to create my OKR, so can we just create a shared <laughs> one? Um, but also, too, it comes from the approach of like, hey, we're lowering the tax, we're making this you know, easier. And the position I take is, and the one that we take here in our organization is, is we're busy creating great leaders. Yeah. Great leaders, which if they leave our organization or even ultimately leave Microsoft, that we will have given them a gift with OKRs on how to lead people and lead them wow. effectively in a loving and thoughtful way, which means as a leader, you need to sit down and plan. Mm. You need to be um, intimately familiar with your people and your priorities, right? And your pursuit. And so what I've told those individuals is, yes, you all five might be doing the same thing and that's business as usual, but what you should be eventually, this comes through maturation, eventually using OKRs, and you've coached me in this, to transform the business, yeah. not BAU business as usual, but transforming. And it turns out that that is going to look different on all five teams because you don't know who you have on the bus, mm. right? And you don't know, this person might need to grow in this. And you're intimately familiar with your people and you're leading them and you're growing them. You're not going to do that um, with a shared OKR at the tippity top. It's just not going to happen. That no, level of intimacy no. you lose. So no. that's the way we look at it. You have a few rules, but then, you know, hold your teams accountable to having those OKR sets. Yeah, that's, uh, I love what you said there about, you know, it's actually teaching them, it's giving them a gift, uh, which they can obviously then use in Microsoft, but also take with them when they go. I think, I think that's, 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 yeah, I, th I think I think that's that that is one of the most positive ways I've I've, I've heard you know uh, OKRs be be kind of thought of be be approached. But um, what I'm curious about, and I'm just going to go back to this point of sort of organic versus structured, is you've you've got um, you said you've got a couple of rules that people still follow. Yeah how how explicit were you about those? rules in 
from the outset? Was there an exercise that you went through to say, look, we're, we're creating this charter or this or this framework or whatever that everybody kind of, if you're going to be working with OKRs, we need you to work within these guide rails. Was, 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 was there something that was kind of mandated or how, how did you, how did you crack that? How did you approach that? Oh, you know, this is a fantastic question because you live this every single day. It's such a good question. Um, we had a few rules and a few of those rules were um, OKRs are not a scorecard. Mm-hmm. They're not a scorecard. Um, OKRs expect creativity and innovation. We mm-hmm. want people transforming the business. We expect creativity and innovation. We, we, um, number three would be we exercise heavily the four superpowers. So I teach, um, so those again, for those who don't know, focus, alignment, tracking, and stretching. We leaned into those heavily um, each month. Um, And I really taught, I really treated them linear. In other words, if you can't focus um, and align, you probably can't track and you can't stretch. And so we kind of Mm -hmm. just took those in that order. And so what does focus mean? I taught my folks, focus means 12 weeks. Maniacal focus, every single week, you're checking with, are we focused? What are we doing to push the goal forward this week? And getting Mm -hmm. your folks together for a 15-minute, what we call a midline. That just happens in Viva Goals. You can float your mouse over a particular KR. It'll have a a line there. And it says, hey, you're expected to be at 12. You're at 9. What are we doing this week to get three more? And I drove that from a focus standpoint. Um, Alignment. This one continues to be... Um, a great catalyst for conversation. Mm. My folks are massively allergic to a direct cascade. Massively yeah. allergic. Yeah. Um, and I understand why. Um, but it needs to be aligned. Uh, and this has helped us dramatically. And I think everybody in our organization would admit, myself included, that we um, have a tendency to choose our own adventure um, um, and, and go off and, and do some things that we think will be impactful. But then at the end of the year, we do those things and then they wonder like, hey, why... And so we, we have to force ourselves to be aligned. And that's that second superpower. And then tracking. I sort of alluded to this earlier, week in and week out, driving that rigor. But more importantly with tracking is accountability. Um, and we drive that heavily through our teams to say, you need to hold each other accountable. Clear is kind. Um, in other words, you've got to say, hey, you've said now for two weeks in a row or three weeks in a row that you were going to get three in here. They still have zero. Yeah. Help yeah. me explain. Tell me yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lead with, you know, give the person uh, the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. And then for stretching, yes, as their coach, I'm holding them accountable to saying this. And we define stretching as this. Does this exceed the team's current abilities um, right now? And again, we get back to being intimately familiar with your people and your pursuit. And so for us, those are some of the rules leaning into those superpowers. We have to have a mission and a strategy at the tippity top with our CVP. That's the rail, the train rail we run on. We've talked about that. Um, but I think those are a few of those rules. And then, um, yeah, last thing I would say, I think maybe a part of our secret sauce is the fact that I coach every one of these individual teams, all 24 at the moment, expanding to 31, every single week for 15 minutes. I spend time with them one-on-one. Um, and we talk about how they're stretching. How are you leading? Mm-hmm. How are you challenging? Uh, what are your thoughts this week? Um, and, and go about it that way. So I don't know. I think we do about those five things. I didn't give that list a, a number count, but I think it's about five things. And then we just allow um, people to go on their own journey. And every single person I coach is at a different maturation level. And so we don't have um, a set curriculum per se. It's just yeah. me holding them accountable to those, those rules. Mm-hmm. 
what what really interests me there, Ryan, is is to look at the contrast between the way that you have allowed it, enabled it to develop organically, to evolve, um, with just a few, you know, principles, as you might say, of just a few rules, versus what a lot of organisations go for, which is, you know, quite heavy governance, quite strict guide rails. Um, I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong. I think it, I think it's a lot to do with the culture of the organisation. You know, where I've seen the the, the stronger guidance and uh, uh, um, uh, clearer guide rails work is, I think, where, where uh, organisations which have a um, perhaps a real real history or real heritage of engineering within them. And I'm not saying Microsoft hasn't engineered in its oh, time. Yeah, sure, yeah. No. I didn't take it that way at all. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying that for a second. But um you know, I um I think soft software's a different is when we talk about software engineering, that's 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 been more more agile and more uh, iterative for a long time. Whereas yeah. there are other aspects of technology technological engineering which I think are still not quite at that level or perhaps there are remnants of the old ways still in that in the culture of those i think you're spot on talking about culture i i I love that you mentioned that because it's real Mm. and it matters these are real people with real lives and families and Mm. you know um, you know conflicting priorities and whatever i I do i i have to admit though and it must be said lest there's any other okr coach listening right now which is like man must be great to be ryan and in the sense that I've been given time, I've been given time, that right? And it makes a massive it difference. Makes a huge difference. And and honestly, if you're listening today and you haven't been afforded that time, I totally, I totally get it, yeah. right? I mean, if if I did this outside of Microsoft, you know, and and had my own firm, it would be really hard to do it the way that I do it because I'm going to tell the leader, the C level suite, I'm going to need 18 months, and and we are going to there will be a valley of despair. You know, this is a consultant where you will look at me and go, this was the worst decision I ever made. And I'm going to look at you and say, I told you this time was coming. Um, And so you really, I just, and I've said this before on other pods, like I truly believe that OKRs are the most loving and thoughtful things that leaders can do for their people. But that takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you're not willing to invest in your company for 18 to de- 18 months to three years to change the culture, to give um, the gift, which is this, that every single person that works in your company will come in every day and know these two things. What am I working on? And knowing that it's impactful. Mm. That turns out to be extremely powerful and potent because it turns out that there is dignity in work. There's dignity in work. There, we were talking about this offline. Like, it's good to come in and have something you're working on and know that it matters. Um, that's a great gift to give individuals, but you can't you can't give that gift without doing some serious hard work and having some seriously hard conversations. Um, and OKRs fortunately facilitate that. It's the difference between wanting to turn up every day and having to turn up every that's day. It. That's mm, it. it is, and that it takes is. time. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm convinced. You cannot microwave this. You might see some, and you and I talked about this, six months, right? Six months, you see maybe the glimmer, but you're not there yet. You, mm. you're, you're not. Mm. You're, you you got to get to the nine-month mark and go, man, I thought I knew something and I didn't. And you get to the 12-month mark, you're like, I think I might be getting this. 
Yeah. And then by the 18 month mark, you're like, okay, I've made enough mistakes. <laughs> I've failed enough. I think I've got it. And then that's when it gets really exciting because you've got folks now that are transforming the way you do business. Yeah. It just takes time. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I think there's some really uh, uh, fantastic points that you raised there. You know, you talk about how it is a, it can be a gift. Absolutely, I could. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I've also seen them not not under our watch, but I have seen examples of where they've been used as a weapon as well. But yep. you know, yep. it just goes to show in the in the wrong hands, um, uh, any tool can be can can be distorted, so to speak. Um, but uh, what I'm interested in is, and you know, you've got um, best part of 18 months under your belt now. Um, you've got a lot of learning, a lot of experience, a lot of um, scars, I suppose, from that from that 18 months. Um, first of all, what has surprised you the most? What would you say over that 18 months? What surprised you the most? Oh my goodness, that's such a good question. I must preface this question with saying that I have been unbelievably fortunate to not only have time, but work with some amazing people um, who this is not a, a one man's journey, you know, to change an organization. <laughs> it is really not. I mean, I've had executive sponsorship the entire way and that. And you and I have talked about that is essential. That, that is non-negotiable. That, that's, that's the difference between it, it is non-negotiable. Working if, not working. Yeah, if you're working mm. on an OKR practice right now and you don't have executive sponsorship, um, it may not last long. Um, yeah. But so I've been very fortunate. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think what what has been most surprising is um, I, I I I didn't realize how much the weekly coaching was going to matter. Right. Um, and I, I just think it's been so profound to just be able to speak truth into these people's lives for 15 minutes every week and then watch them grow and watch them be challenged. And then, um, by the way, unless we're confused, I'm learning how to be a better coach as well. And so I think as a coach, and I think I've said this on another pod, you, you genuinely need to love people in order to be effective in this and, and, and try to be gracious and patient. And that has been afforded to me, again, by time and then by executive sponsorship. Uh, the individual who runs our organization <laughs> is just huge in empathy and saying, we're going to be behind our people and we're going to let them, you know, we're going to let them fail. We're going to let them make mistakes. Um, and again, for us, the only failure is not learning from that mistake. That would be a disaster. Um, and that has not been the case for us. So I think for me, what has surprised me is once again, um, how simple it is that uh, we're messy as people, but as we come together and build relationships um, and spur each other on, that can be very, um, very simple, powerful, and potent. And I think that that's interesting. And so I don't know. I don't know how many um, people take that um, approach, this 15 minutes per week, um, but it's been um, surprisingly uh, beneficial. Nice. Okay. And, you know, you, you say 15 minutes and you think what on earth could be achieved in 15 minutes, but as you say, it's every week. Yep. And, and it, it, that builds up over time. And it, it, you, it, it, yeah, it, that, I can see, I can see why being a coach myself, you know, yeah. I can, I can see why that would make the difference. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some really, really interesting things that have come out of this. Um, I, I love the way that you've kind of taken an organic approach to it. 
the one thing which struck me when you were uh, just talking about your coaching there was though I I think what must have been in what must be instrumental and it seems like it's very much demonstrated by your your leadership is that there's obviously a higher level of psychological safety in the organization if they're happy to get behind the leaders are happy to get behind their you know the teams and the people and allow them to fail like you say the only the only real failure from failure is not learning from it um so has that has that has has there always been a a healthy level of psychological safety there is this something that has you've seen change over recent years gosh a great question i've been at microsoft now for over a decade and so i was here when bomber was here and i'm now obviously here with sacha um Sacha if is probably one of the biggest things he's he's achieved at Microsoft mm. is this sort of uh, growth mindset not you know being in a learn it all not a know it all mm. um man that frees you up it frees you up to um blunder and make mistakes he expects us to learn from him there's no doubt about it the the it's intense here. <laughs> it is very intense. You're working with the best of the best of the best. And so yeah. it, you quickly know, uh, I might not be the best of the best of the best. Yeah. And so you go and work somewhere else. But but, um, but you have room. You have room to go big and to learn. Um, but I have to, once again, um, give a hat tip to our leader, uh, Tony Surma, who leads this organization. Um, he has modeled this. Um, to just, he would argue not perfection, but he has done an amazing job. And it starts with him at the top and you watch him, um, you just watch him in meetings. You watch the way he speaks, the, the way he carries himself. Um, and then people start to kind of lower their, lower their posture a little bit and they start to relax and go, okay, I get it. We're in this journey together. We're going to make some mistakes. We're all going towards these shared goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, um, Psychological safety is something that we talk about in the third superpower. So focus, alignment, and then tracking. Tracking is defined by holding people accountable. We're going to track our progress week in and week out. And so we explored that. We explored having psychological safety. And, and, and I will say this, the last thing I would say on this is oftentimes we think as people that asking that hard question to someone is unloving is not caring. But it turns out not asking that question is just masking our own selfishness. Mm. We care more about our comfort. We care more about our position. And so I'm usually trying to encourage my leaders, do you love that person enough to ask them that question? Mm. Now, obviously you need to do it gently and kindly, but it's the right question. Um, in the absence of holding someone accountable, you're just allow, you're just crippling them. You're allowing them to just not produce week after week. And that is just a mean thing to do. Like watching someone just kind of fail week in and week out and never saying anything. Um, just, yeah, that's, that's not a good place to be. So have that courage to do it kindly and gently and, and say, hey, listen, you, you know, um, you told me you were going to get five of these done last week. You showed up um, with zero. Tell me why. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. A, it's a hard question to ask, but it's the right one. It is, and you 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 are doing them a disservice if you don't, because you're tolerating underperformance. And there's going to come a point where that's just not going to, you know, the the the, the cork's going to burst out the bottle, and it's just going to be, you know, you won't be able to um, let it ride any longer. Um, so the best thing to do is always 
nip it in the bud as best you can, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, well, I'm going to come on to my final question because I, I don't want to take up any more of your time because obviously with 20-odd teams to <laughs> coach, you soon to be 30, um, you know, you, you, you don't have a huge amount of time. Where are you going next with OKRs in, in Microsoft? Because their use is always evolving, iterating. So um, what, what is it you'd like to see OKRs be doing for you? Or how are you looking to use them differently in, in the next few cycles? Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I, as I said, I, I'm on the tech team um, under, so my boss's boss um, you know, she has about six teams. We're one of the six. Um, and so just recently, you know, after having done this now for 18 months, uh, one of the other teams came, you know, tapping to my boss's boss, right? And mm -hmm. said, hey, mm -hmm. I've seen you guys show up at, um, you know, quarterly, you know, business reviews. I've seen you show up at monthly business reviews and you, you seem to, you guys have seen, you know, have a good beat on this, you know, obviously, by the way, we never preface, you need really great reporting. So shout out to our reporting team to mm -hmm. be able to have us measure these things and report in on them. Uh, but yeah, um, it turns out now I'm going to go ahead and go and coach that other organization, um, which is the aforementioned six additional teams. Um, so we would love to see um, all six teams underneath that leader, which would right. represent a massive size organization. Um, and seeing if we can pull that off. I must confess to you, that's nightmare fuel for me. Um, <laughs> but but I, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to solve a problem I don't have yet. Uh, so that's not a problem I have yet. But that would be exciting um, and very difficult um, because in the end, um, OKRs are about human behavior, mm -hmm. driving human behavior, the right behavior, um, and, and setting people up for success. And uh, that's very difficult. So yeah, that's that's what we're we're working towards, and seeing if we can't take that and and spread it throughout uh, Microsoft even further. Okay, Ryan, I have a huge amount of thanks for what you shared today. I think you know when you have these conversations about OKRs, sometimes it can feel like yeah, we did them the same way as pretty much everybody else. I think what's really come through from our conversation is hearing how in a large degree, and I know I've already said this a few times, I'll, I'll round off by saying it again. I think, you know, there's a, a, a definite organic nature to how they've, how they've evolved, but that's very much been supported by the sponsorship and the space that's been created by uh, your leadership, which is, uh, if, if any of our listeners are going to take away some key messages from it, I think those are probably the ones to, uh, 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 to, to, to go with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ryan, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If, I'm sure people can find you on LinkedIn if they want to um, uh, reach out to you directly. It's Ryan Loudermilk, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, all the best for continuing success with um, your OKRs in Microsoft. It has been absolutely my uh, privilege to be here. Um, I will still, it'll still feel very surreal when you and I hang up. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to find any more of this information, uh, I, I've got a little newsletter. It's called The Little OKR Newsletter. You can find it at the little, uh, littleokrnewsletter.com. And then I've got a tiny little podcast that is that is absolutely not nearly as it's big as this It's not all about size, right? Yeah. It's not all about size. <laughs> no, it's good. So if you want to find those, then that's great. But again, uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, you have been so gracious and thanks for having me on. No, you're very welcome. Very welcome. Take care, Ryan.